the only place outside Africa where you can find some lions are in India, is in India. Mm. Now, in those lion forests, humans have been living, are living as we speak for, mil- for centuries and centuries and centuries. So you cannot just throw out humans outside those national parks or forests. That is, the, I think, one of the major difference between deep ecology and thermic ecology. That humans are not evil by, by, by nature. Humans can live with nature. Sundarbans, another ex- great example is Sundarbans in Bengal. I took one example from La- Gir Forest from Gujarat, the east coast of India. Another example, if I can take, is from western coast of India, that is Bay of Bengal, where Sundarbans, the largest mangroves in the world, is completely inhabited, completely full of humans and man-eating tigers. <laughs> tigers are eating humans, but humans will rarely, if ever, go and hunt these tigers because the belief is that there is born Bibi in the forest. Born Bibi means, born means forest in Bengali language. Bibi means Devi or goddess in Bengali language. So forest goddess is the protector of the forest. So hunting and poaching is still not being not done in those in that area of Sundarbans. I mean, there is a great book, great novel by Amitav Ghosh called Hungry Tide, one of the first, one of the earliest, uh, you know, climate cli- cli- climate right. fiction novels. And he does a great job of, of you know, highlighting these, you know, uniqueness of Sundarbans. And then he came up with another recent book called Gun Island. And all these books are really showing how different people uh, in places like Sundarbans and, and elsewhere, indigenous people have been living with nature and, and all is getting, unfortunately, dis- you know, disturbed by these forces of urbanization and, and so on. But still, as, as of now, India can still boast of any, I think, probably only country or one of the only countries that still has uh, uh, lions and rhinoceros, tigers, elephants, large number of elephants, tigers, and so on. All these wild beasts, large beasts, large mammals, with 1.4 billion people, four times the population of USA, one-fourth the land mass of USA. So one-fourth natural resources compared to the US, but four times more population. So entire country, you know, entire population of US is almost 330 million people. Right. So, and that number is just dependent on one or two rivers in North India, Ganga and Yamuna, Ganges or Yamuna, Ganges and Yamuna. Just those two rivers combined together serve the needs for 330 million people. Just staggering number and how people do it left with all these animals around them. You know, if it were it, if it were anywhere else, I think all these animals would have been gone, would have been killed, hunted, whatever. But this is a land where you still have so much of biodiversity, which is which is now greatly threatened. I don't mean to deny that, but so far things have still worked out. And hopefully, you know, we have to all try, keep trying that, you know, across the world, we, you know, whatever we can save Amazonian forests or uh, elsewhere, Indonesia and all, we have to keep trying to save them. These are the lungs of the of our planet, as you know. Yeah, yeah, right. It might sound like I'm curious about um, the traditional farming practices. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, because you mentioned like vegetarianism isn't so good right. if it's monoculture. You know, and right. that kind of thing. Uh, that the fossil fuel inputs and all, right. you know, just terrible. What's the role of animals in some of these traditional farming practices? Are people working with animals on the land? Are they consuming animals at all? Oh, uh, cattle is, you know, you cannot imagine even vegetarian farming without cattle in India. Every farmer is, every farmer is just by default, we think with, when we think of, when we mention farmers, we mention bulls and cows and cattle largely. And those cattle are never killed by, by most farmers, most Farmers, uh, when they are growing any crops, are never killing any cattle. The only uh, livestock that, that is killed by butchers for meat consumption, in, so India is not 100% vegetarian, of course, as we know, 
So only livestock that is that is actually killed in most parts of India, if ever, would be chicken, and of course for mutton that is goat and sheep, right? Or uh, that would be the most part. Uh, beef is almost never. You know, even McDonald's in India cannot or do not sell beef. Uh, beef patties are, are just out of question, right? So most so most cattle would would never be killed in India, and we know from scientific research now that you know biggest most threatening meat in the world for our health and for planet's health is beef cow meat causes the most consumption of fossil fuel as the as the food is grown to feed to these cattle and as as those cattle are are grown up and when they are butchered that meat is tra- again transported across america or across the world again causing lot of consumption of huge amounts of fossil fuel so beef is the number one culprit when it comes to even non vegetarian food even meat consumption of all kinds beef is the worst uh food to consume for our health of course red meat as we know is is extremely injurious to our health and red meat is also extremely injurious to planet's health so thankfully india indian uh, consumption of red meat is is one of the lowest in the world indian consumption of also indian consumption of per capita usage of personal car is also one of the lowest these two you know biggest reasons for carbon footprint across the world car personal cars automobiles and beef remains significantly low per capita at least in the in india in india so that is why when it comes to cop 26 kind of situations indian argument is always this that per capita consumption we have the lowest and we have significant number of people who are still under power poverty line we have to still you know empower them and you know raise their economic standards so do not impose your standards on us first clean up your house that has been the political argument by indian leaders which 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 does some uh, you know which can be justified at some ext- uh, to some extent but personally i would you know like to urge my indian political leaders also to wake up before it's too late and you know avoid all the floods every indian city is now getting flooded every year mumbai is under deluge chennai and kolkata entire state of kerala you know india is no stranger to to all these climate disasters so yeah we are hopefully the people will you know wake up sooner than later and say what is left in india and, and across the world see even from scientific only recently we have discovered right from united nations reports and many scientific reports are now saying that red meat is bad for our health red meat is bad for planet's health but hindus and jains stopped eating red meat for from millennia right after the buddha and mahavira came 2500 years from now they already before that apparently there was cattle sacrifice was animal sacrifice was happening in hindu rituals but over centuries as buddha and mahavira they emphasized this non violence jainism and buddhism red meat suddenly disappeared not suddenly probably but over years over the years or over the centuries probably red meat just vanished from indian consumption indian rituals and consumption and so on it all trailed down or petered down to maybe chicken consumption or maybe hmm. goat consumption and thousands and thousands of people probably millions of people have become completely vegetarian including myself over over millennia jains are all, all almost all of all jains across the world now are, are have been always vegetarians not vegans i i know even dairy is a, is a problem now so the next step has to be by even by jains and hindus to stop even dairy because that is also you know, e- you know almost equally disastrous to our planet's health uh, but as long as the, yeah so that's that's that would be next next frontier to for for even for vegetarians that remains to be to be achieved yeah yeah that's a tough one it's it's hard to hard to eliminate 100% animal products and byproducts 
It's a little, little extra work. And yes. I wonder what would happen to, you know, the cattle that are part of the farming practices. Would they be there just not using them for dairy, but they would still graze and fertilize the land? Because I think they're such good yeah. fertilizing machines and yes, exactly. compared to using like chemical fertilizers and that sort of thing. Exactly. Exactly. So cow dung is used or, you know, waste product from, from cattle is used for organic fertilizers, but also bulls are used for actual plowing the, plowing the land. Right. So not all Indian farmers have tractors. So the, a, a bull or a, a cup or pair of bull would actually pull the plow to, you know, to, to till the land. So that is the integral part of, that's why they, they, I said that, you know, you cannot imagine farming without, without bulls and cattle in India. Right. And then uh, let's say if the, if the cattle become sick or old and they're no longer productive for farming, right. What happens to those cattle? Those cattle are sent to thousands and thousands of these cow, cow sanct cattle sanctuaries across India, hmm. where Hindus and Jains have donated thousands and thousands, probably millions of rupees now, where all these sick and old cattle are preserved forever. And in some examples, they would even play non-stop Hindu or Jain chants as if to, to make, to, to, you know, to share the, you know, spiritual messages of the Vedas or Jain, Jain texts, even within, among the animals, among cattle, certainly, but even, uh, even other animals are including these things. So there is a temple, there is a hospital in Delhi, you know, heart of Delhi, old Delhi, there is a, there is a bird hospital where any bird that is hurt because of ceiling fan and, and so on would be treated there. And that, that uh, hospital is, is donated by Hindus and Jains. So such hospitals and such cows, cattle sanctuaries are, are spread across India, where even a sick or old cattle is, is taken care of, you know, with all the, all the care that, that people can share. So That's pretty good. Features of yeah. yeah. No, I like that a lot. I know plenty of animal lovers would be like, I think animal hospitals and sanctuaries should be playing some music. <laughs> we, need, we need some spiritual music, some, some chanting, something to connect. The animals would want it. I'm sure they, they must enjoy it. <laughs> right, right.